Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Some unnamed officials said that this is the year that people are going to be able to figure out Lamar Jackson. Have you heard? Did you hear that? Or what, what would your reaction be? I mean, I'm going to keep playing football. We're going to see. But I doubt it, dude. I doubt it. I strongly doubt it. We're going to play ball. Lamar Jackson doubts that defenses have figured him out. And it's not him so much as it is a Ravens offense that relies on his incredible skills to run the football. Defenses pivot toward focusing on that. The challenge now for the Ravens is... When a defense is poised to stop Lamar Jackson, can he pivot to throwing the ball? I think back to the first game of the 2019 season when the Dolphins decided they're not going to let Lamar Jackson run all over them. What happened? It was Hollywood Brown down, gone. Hollywood Brown, gone. Throw the ball because you're stacking the line of scrimmage. Well, it's not quite that simple now. But, Chris, I just think that's where the Ravens offense is. And it's not a Lamar Jackson indictment. No quarterback can run a one-dimensional offense whether it's all passing or all running you have to balance it out yeah balance, and i think that's yeah. what the ravens are trying to do you're you're right they're balancing i mean yes we know he has to continue to evolve as a drop back pass quarterback but it's not like it's alarming that's where I, I think people and the haters on social media need to back the f off a little bit like what are you talking about yeah it's not like figuring out Lamar Jackson. I was shocked by some of the stuff I saw on social media, like this, and even comments on your article, everything about it. Like people's. Don't read those. I know. Don't. don't There's a lot of stupid. I almost want to become a member so I can comment on to some of these comments. But like, uh, it, it, you said it right. It's not about figuring out Lamar Jackson. What do you mean? What, what, that's, Lamar Jackson's still fast as hell. He's as hard to tackle as anybody in football in the open field. There, there's nothing to figure out there. It's on the Ravens to continue to evolve the offense and stay one beat ahead of defenses and what they're doing. And that's, that's on them. You know, I, I get sick of that. Yeah, okay, yeah, he's not going to be able to run and make highlights every week and every game, especially as we get in the playoffs and things like that. But we saw the Titans game. He made some big runs. In fact, he made the run of the game and made a few other runs to close out the game later on. So, like, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's figured out. We blitzed him on the edge. Yeah. Tell me how that worked. Like, yeah, that was good. Like, good scheme and everything. But you can't stop him. You know, and everybody's got to stop putting everything on Lamar Jackson for the Ravens. They got a gazillion dollars on the defensive side of the football. They're allowed to shut some people out in the playoff games, too, and stop some people. Tennessee Titans, Bills last year, all those type of things. So I think it's, like, way too critical. And if the 49ers can go to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, okay, and the Rams can go to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff, and where else should I start? I mean, I can go on the list just down, down, down. The Ravens can go there with Lamar Jackson. That's insane. They just have to continue to fine-tune the offense to where, yeah, when it's really great defenses, it can't just be on Lamar making plays by himself and doing stuff. they got to make it a little easier on him and be a little more schematically creative, to your point, in the pass game and the run game. And then they'll be, oh, oh it's hard to defend Lamar Jackson again. It's, it's on them to do this. When you have a quarterback that is that supremely talented, I think there is a temptation by the offensive coaching staff to just kind of step back and get out of his way and let him do his thing. And and there is a comfortability in that, which borders on laziness that can creep in because, hey, we got Patrick Mahomes. Just let Patrick go do yes. his thing. We've got Lamar Jackson. Let Lamar go do his thing. Yeah, right. And Whereas, then the backup I gets think, in and they reinvent an offense and have all these creative plays, which you hear me say sometimes. And I go, well, why the hell didn't we give those plays to Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? I mean, it's a great point yeah. by you. Sorry to cut you off. You get me and, excited. And, but, but I think yeah. I think the obligation is yeah. when you have a guy who's that good, it's an even greater challenge to get the absolute most out of him and take advantage of his skills as the spark to come up with plays that will catch a defense flat-footed as it's scrambling to get over to the edge to contain Lamar Jackson. You know, what if he stops, takes a step back, and fires the ball over everyone's head? I mean, there's so many different things you could do as an offense instead of just rely on Lamar Jackson to do what he does best. He can do other things using what he does best as the lure to get the defense in a horrible position. That part of it's not that complicated. No, Mike. I mean, you're you're exactly right. All great quarterbacks in the history of time, for the most part, have had these type of things, these advantages. You know what? I mean, Brady, come on. I mean, there's I, the whole league knew at one point he's going to throw the ball five and ten yards over the middle. What did New England do? They found a different zillion ways to screw with defenses and, and make it easy. And Okay, we'll play in the realm of that and figure it out that way. Oh, wait, they're getting used to our Wes Welker Edelman short passing game. Hey, let's get Gronk and Hernandez and stay ahead of the curve so Brady still looks great. Now we're going to have two tight ends. We're going to run the ball. We're going to put you in all these situations. Like, it's on the, the team themselves to evolve. I mean, when you have a talent like Lamar Jackson, like the whole league is always going to study that to a degree. They're going to, one, because they're going to go, wait, how do we defend this and him and what they're doing with him on offense? But then second to that, I think the biggest thing here, Mike, and I know you and I have talked about this before, we see a ton of teams running the Lamar Jackson runs now. So teams are getting to practice and go. You play the Saints, you got to get ready for Taysom Hill. You play, you know, Josh Allen and the Bills, you got to get ready for a few quarterback design runs. You got to do that. Oh, it's Kyler Murray. Oh, wait, they got a handful of those too. You know, every t- there's a bunch of teams in football that have that element. Of course, the New England Patriots with Cam Newton. So teams are getting to see that type of offense. They're going to get comfortable defenses defending that. It's on the Ravens to figure out the next move. 
And I think they're doing that and trying to do that with the passing game and the receivers and like you said, and hopefully some more creative run game design stuff too to to help Lamar out. Hey, and it's on Greg Roman, the offensive yes. coordinator. Yes. And if he doesn't figure it out, and you look at the history in Baltimore under John Harbaugh, the the, the revolving door has spun fairly regularly at, at offensive coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, you know, with a guy like Jim Caldwell, he ends up becoming a head coach, but... Jim Caldwell got the opportunity in 2012 because Cam Cameron got run out the door. Others have been shown the door, and there's a level of performance that John Harbaugh demands, and if he doesn't get it, you're going to be gone, and he's going to go find someone else. And, you know, come January, he could be interviewing candidates, and the first question, and maybe the only question will be, tell me what your plan is for using one of the great quarterbacks that the NFL has seen over the past 20 years. So I think you and I are on the same page. Yeah. This isn't about figuring out Lamar Jackson. It's about figuring out the Ravens offense and the Ravens now having an obligation to anticipate what defenses are going to do and use that against them right. to do something else. Yeah. And continue to push him to evolve as a passer and up his game. You know, those are the two things I think we're, I think I, that that's what it is to me. There's no doubt. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're a smart group and know what the hell they're doing. And hopefully they realize that, that there needs to be a little bit more offense and schematical advantage if they want to win some of these big, big time playoff games. And Chris, one last point in that regard as it relates to Jackson, to the extent he has designs on playing deep into his 30, there are two Steves he needs to keep in mind. Steve Young, Steve McNair. Yeah. At some point, your game's got to pivot away from Definitely. relying upon your legs, and you got to become a pocket passer. You got to do the things that Teddy Bridgewater now does, where you see him moving around subtly in the pocket and staying within those confines. If you want to play to 35, 37, 39 at some point that's what you have to be yeah you do and I you know I I've we're seeing that I think we've seen that yeah he's going in that direction you know yeah he knows he's not going to be able to run four three and around the corner and year seven of his career and be the same guy he is right now with the last few years he realizes that you know the problem is he can still do it so that at times he's going to go wait this is what I've always done this guy's not open see ya I'm out of here but man we have plenty of evidence all year last year of him standing in the pocket, trying to do the right thing, making the appropriate throws, and he has burned some teams with his right arm. You know, again, too, they're not exactly like the greatest show on turf as far as their offensive schemes in the pass game. And we've talked about even at the end of the last year about, like, who do you – is there somebody you can feature? They started getting the ball to Hollywood Brown a little bit more. I just think that's where the offense has to grow, you know, with the continued evolution, like I said, of Lamar. And, yeah, everybody stop putting it on Lamar all the time. Come on. The, wh what did the Bucks do last year with Tom Brady? Oh, wait. He's not good when we're in empty sets and he might not be protected and they're blitzing in. Wait. Oh, people figured out Brady. They figured him out. Oh, no. Let's keep extra tight end in the block, make him feel good. And now when we get one-on-ones, he'll just dice them up that way. Oh, yes. that. Oh, wait. They didn't figure out Brady. He won a Super Bowl, right? So that's that's where it has to go, and that's what all quarterbacks need an advantage of to a degree. You know, there's a few out there that can kind of make it happen no matter what. That's why I always argue with Aaron Rodgers. There's never been an evolution of anything. It's just like, hey, it's the same offense for 20 years in a row. Just keep making it happen. And that's why I think he's so great in a lot of ways. All right, let's take this concept of offenses potentially figuring out Lamar Jackson and or the Ravens and apply it to a few other offenses out there. And let's begin with the Kansas City Chiefs. Scale of 1 to 10, how close do you think defenses are 
to figuring out the Patrick Mahomes-led Andy Reid attack? I think they're, I'm going to say like a seven or an eight. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go high here. I think it's, I think teams have figured out how to defend. Now, the, the, the element is a little bit like we're talking about Lamar. It's the, trying to corral Patrick and stop some of the great throws. You know, that that's really what it is. But I think the offensive scheme, listen, we've seen a few teams kind of put the blueprint out there. The Raiders, of course, you know, we've seen the Colts be successful. And then there you saw the Bucks. And and what's the theme with all of them? Drop seven, drop deep, and don't let them hit big plays. And then their offense all of a sudden is a little underwhelming. And so from that standpoint, yes, like I look at the Chiefs and go, no. Uh, there's got to be something a little bit more to this offense this year. We can't just go, hey, Tyreek, you fly over there, and McCole, you fly over there, and Demarcus Robinson, you fly over there, and Patrick will just throw a laser. I, I don't think they're going to get away with that this year. They better have some other element to their offense to, to bring to the game plan each week. Yeah, first of all, they don't have Sammy Watkins anymore. They have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Beyond those two, the questions are there as to how they will hold up in the regular season. Do you think this is about Mahomes changing his ways or this is about Andy Reid adding some wrinkles to the offense and maybe making it old school West Coast where you're taking what's there short, you're moving the ball down the field. So uh, if they are going to drop all those guys deep, fine. We, 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 you know, we'll we'll stay patient. Yeah, we'll have twelve play drives. Right. It won't look spectacular in the highlights, but it's going to get us to where we need to be. Yeah. Uh, y- yes. There has to be some something. Like I think you're right on the the right track there. Like no doubt about it. There's got to be some element that's got to bring the defense back up. I mean, they're in the preseason game the other night against the Cardinals. You know, I can't remember who the hell was announcing the game, but they were basically like, hey, Arizona just putting two safeties back, and they're just not going to let them hit the big play. And, of course, Kansas City didn't look all that great on offense. You know, now I don't know if they're holding things back. They probably are. But there's got to be some element to their offense. And, you know, you heard me say this at the end of last year. They need some Julian Edelman, Wes Welker-type plays underneath or the run game, something there. Something has to do it, or they're going to be wasting Tyreek Hill and Mahomes' unbelievable arm because they're not going to get any deep shots. They got this offensive line that is really impressive looking so far, and I would think that they're going to be able to run the ball on just about anybody. So I don't know if it goes like what you're saying, old school West Coast, let's find short passes, or maybe they do try to find a run game here, but they got to do something else to bring these defenses up or everybody's going to play them like the Bucks do. And you also have to do something else to help the offensive line in the games when it needs help and not let Patrick Mahomes run for his life like he did in Super Bowl 55. So I'll agree with you. I'll say it's at a seven, but I also have full faith in Andy Reid to understand that he needs to get ahead of it. I got more faith in him than I have, all due respect, in Greg Roman to get ahead of the curve and not just rely on this massive and special talent that I have at quarterback, and he'll just figure it all out on the fly. Have defenses figured out Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray in Arizona? Scale of 1 to 10, where do you think that is? I'm going to go with an 8 there. I am. There's got to be more. You heard me saying this last year. You know, it's just everything's too predictable. Oh, spread offense. He's never underneath the center. There's really no play-action passes that way. It's the same look all the time. You know, I know last year you and I a few times broke down DeAndre Hopkins' route tree, right? I mean, it wasn't very diverse. He's in one area running like three different routes the whole year long. That's all he did. 
So, yes, I do. I think people have caught on to that. And, yes, there has to be another element that Cliff Kingsbury brings to the table other than the Texas Tech, you know, Red Raiders shootout style of football. It's just it, it's going to work some weeks, you know, but there's just against the quality defenses in football, I just don't think it's going to get it done just doing what you're doing all the time. And you can see there, Hopkins, he's always on one side for the most part, and it's go route, out route, six-yard hitch route. I mean, it's a ton of that. There's not a ton of diversity. There's one game there on the bottom right where he had seven receptions for 127 yards. I think that was the uh, – I can't remember what game that was. But either way, you could see there's some diversity, and I want to go, yeah, well, look, and it led to some really good results and stats on the board there too. So, yes, I definitely think they have to have another element to that offense. I think here's the key for the Arizona Cardinals. You know, in the first year and a half of Kyler Murray's career, one of the keys was – Murray doing everything he could to avoid contact with NFL size, speed, strength defenders. And I, I would marvel at his ability to never give in to the temptation to try to get that extra yard or two, get out of bounds, slide laterally. Whenever a play's done, he just he's done, and he's so quick you can't get to him. Yeah. At some point, they've begun to figure out how to get to him. Now, I don't know if he got a little careless. Or if the defenses are working the angles better, so maybe they can get closer to a guy that they previously couldn't touch. But what happened last year? Yeah. He got banged up. Right. And once he got banged up, the running went away, and he's not yet evolved to the point as a passer where if you take away the run threat, he's going to be able to beat you with his arm. And that's why I think it all fell apart after the Hale-Murray game. You know, the Hale-Murray was their Super Bowl. That was a great play. It was awesome. It was memorable. After that, they fell apart, and yeah. a lot of it was because he had that shoulder injury. Uh, agreed. He's got to worry about that. You know, they got to help him out on the offensive side of the ball. And here's one area like we talk about, you know, Lamar and all that, right? I got an area for you, Kyler Murray, he's got to get better at. Third down. Ky to your point, thrown in the pocket. You know, see, that's to me what happened kind of towards the end of the year. Teams started to figure out, wait, if we could stop them on first and second and slow them down, Lamar Jack, I mean, Kyler Murray, the last two years, has been one of the worst third-down quarterbacks in football. I don't think any people would realize that. Now, one of those that one of those reasons is what we've already talked about. The offense isn't diverse, so teams kind of know the routes and things they want, the combinations they want to run on third down. But two, you know, on third down, it is about staying in the pocket and making a throw for the most part. You know, the defenders, the defensive end guys on third down are going to be extra aware of keeping him in the pocket in that situation. You might have the spy there on third down, so he can't run. And that is an area of his game that he has got to get better at. Throwing with people around in the pocket, yeah, I know he's small and he's got to worry about protecting himself, but, you know, the, there's a little too much of that, in my, in my opinion. And it looked like that the other night against the Chiefs. It was not a good look. They weren't good on third down, and I think that's a real area – that he can improve on this year to help that football team. But Kingsbury's got to help him out too. He's also got to be able to see. I know. You know he's got to drop more deeply because when you roll out left or right, you're cutting the field in half. You want to stay toward the middle, between the hash marks as much as you can so you have options left and right, realistic options left and right, to put more stress on the defense. So well, yeah, not, I, I love the point I, there. I, Go ahead. What do you love? I love watching. I'm not saying I love yeah. watching the guy play. Yeah, and right. I hope they figure this out because those highlights, I, I, I feel myself 
sitting up in my seat when I watch Kyler Murray play, right. and hopefully they can find a way to balance the passing and the running. But go ahead on this idea of trying to stay in the middle of the field when you're looking for receivers. Well, I think you make a point about, you know, whatever you said, deeper or more deeply or whatever. I think that was a Florioism there a little bit. But you're No, you're, no, <laughs> no. He's got to get deeper but, in the pocket. No. Yeah, but he does. I do I think- have I have a level of comfortability with the word deeper. Okay, good, good. He's got I do, you know, that's where I would love to see him underneath the center and do play action pass and do those type of things. The thing people miss about play action pass at times is usually it goes to what you're talking about. You fake the run and then you drop back and you're like nine or 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. So there's a lot of space between you and the offense and defensive line to where you can see better as compared to wait, I'm right in the mosh pit here and people are all around me. And to me, that's another part of their offense uh, that, that, yes, it could grow and certainly could be dangerous with him. But, yeah, he's got to improve a little bit in those areas, throwing in the pocket, and they got to help him out with being a little bit more creative and doing things with him too. As the season gets closer and closer, I become more convinced that this is it for Cliff Kingsbury. It is up or out this year. Given the history of the Cardinals organization, they they change coaches regularly and they have very little patience and all the sound you're hearing and the impatience it's building if they don't get it done this year they're going to go out and find a coach that they can say you have Kyler Murray now go get the most out of this incredibly special talent that we've acquired all right let's stay in the NFC West have NFL defenses figured out hashtag let Russ cook scale of one to ten no I don't think so yeah so now this isn't even you know it's not the offense Right? I mean, if we were last year with Schottenheimer's offense still, I'd be like, it's a nine. I mean, people have figured it out. They know exactly where they're going to line up, and when they line up, what the hell they're going to do off of that. So that's why I'm excited about Shane Waldron coming in there and changing things up. Because, no, you're not going to – Russ, you just give Russ opportunities. He's going to make it happen. You know, he's not always perfect at hitting people wide open or open down the middle of the field. A little bit because, like you said, one, he's with Kyler Murray. He's smaller. It's hard to see. Two, he's got a defensive head coach. It's like, well, if you don't see him wide open down the middle, don't take the chance. We don't want to turn over the ball. He's been programmed like that. But, man, the one, what we saw early on last year was a few new wrinkles to the offense, and he was en fuego. I mean, on fire. And then the league caught up. So hopefully Shane Waldron can can keep them, you know, one step ahead of everybody else to where we can see the true talents of Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. That's the challenge. When the defenses begin to figure out what you're doing, are you able to spot it and counter it? And last year they did not. And no. that's one of the big reasons why things fell apart down the stretch. And now they count on Shane Waldron this year having looks that you can either pass or run out of and have that willingness and ability to be flexible and make good changes, not just any changes, but good changes right. when you you sense the defense beginning to figure it out. But we know what Russ wants. He wants to be the centerpiece of an offense. He wants it to run through him the way that the offense runs through Patrick Mahomes. And I remember when I made that point at one point in the offseason – you know, Twitter, which you can never reason with very well. Anyway, oh, well, every offense runs through the quarterback. Well, no, it doesn't because in Buffalo, it didn't run through Josh Allen until last year. Yes, and when it right. did, it became magical. And yes. that's what Russ wants. He wants to be the guy that that makes it happen with his legs, with his arms, and it's all on him. And uh, well, we'll see if they can work it out. Let's take a break. When we return, there was some news yesterday as it relates to the next Hall of Fame class. Two of the finalists, one coach Dick Vermeil, and there's a wrinkle now as it relates to the rules. 
that will quite possibly open the floodgates for a bunch of coaches to get in to Canton. We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Dick Vermeil, a finalist for the Hall of Fame in the next class, along with... Cliff Branch. Cliff Branch, the senior committee finalist. Dick Vermeil, the finalist selected on a new track that just started this past year. One coach per year becomes a finalist. So for a while, it was a rotation of two senior committee uh, finalists one year with one contributor, and then it would be two contributors and one senior committee. Now it's a contributor, a coach, and a senior which means that every year a coach is getting in. Because what happens is, Chris, they select these finalists and they end up getting the votes to get in. Because it's not at someone else's expense. You're either going to have eight bus or you're going to have seven bus. And uh, if Vermeil doesn't get in, there's going to be seven people who get in, in in 2022. So I think he gets in. The real question is, who's next? Because it's going to be, until they change the rules and they reserve the right to change the rules at any time, under the current system, it's going to be one coach every year. So it's going to be Mike Shanahan. It's going to be Mike Holmgren. You know, I went through last night the retired coaches who haven't gotten in who are going to get in. Right. Because there's now that one spot reserved for them. It used to be you were competing with players and everyone else to try to get a bust in a given year. Now they've got their own lane. And we're going to see a lot of coaches get in who maybe otherwise wouldn't have gotten in. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little torn with this, like, a little bit. I mean, I like it in some ways because I do think there's a backlog in some spots where I go, like, this guy deserves to be in. But it's probably going to lead to some, you know, people that are undeserving, at least in my opinion, getting in. Like, Shanahan Holmgren should be in. I don't care if it's a coach's finalist or whatever. The damn guy that one won two Super Bowls in the row – the other one won a Super Bowl, went to the, the Super Bowl the next year, and then took a franchise to the Super Bowl. Where I'm kind of a little excited about the rule to a degree, Mike, and, and maybe you're not with me here. Like, where I like it is like people like Dan Reeves, all right? Yeah, I'm a little partial. He coached my dad. I know how much my dad loved him, but damn. I mean, the guy went to four freaking Super Bowls, right? I, I, don't, I don't, you know, he, five Super Bowls, excuse, three, three, no, four, four Super Bowls, but. With two different franchises. Three to five. Yeah. Was it five? Wait, what am I thinking of? It's, th- it's, it's, it's three with the Broncos, one with the Falcons. It's four total Super Bowls. 
And three to five. So that's where I think like he deserves to be in. I you know, okay, he lost the Super Bowl. Damn, I don't know anybody well, else that brought a team there four but times Grant's in. other than him, right? But Grant's exactly. in without winning a Super Bowl. But yeah, and, and look, a couple other guys that we need to mention. Yeah. When we say Mike Shannon, Mike Holmgren, Tom Coughlin. Two Super Bowls. Sure. He should he should he's a no brainer now. No doubt. He should have gotten in anyway. Exactly. He's a no brainer now. Right. George Seifert's getting in at some point if they keep this one coach per year. He's got two Super Bowl wins. He coached for twelve years. He's fairly high up on the all time win. I don't know I don't know why we it's almost like Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer with Bill Walsh and George Seifert. Like, Seifert doesn't get credit for doing anything with the 49ers. I know. Because it's like, ah, that's Bill Walsh. Right. No, George Seifert won two of the Super Bowls. So, uh, yeah, we got to give him some credit. Two Super Bowls. One was a blowout. The next year, I mean, they were the best team in football, and the Giants played an unbelievable game in the NFC Championship to beat them. Then they went to all those AFC Championship, I mean, NFC Championship games, and, yeah, they lost to the Cowboys. Okay. I mean, that might have been the most talented team in history of football, that Cowboy team. So it's like, okay, but then they won another Super Bowl. I'm with you. He gets, like, forgotten because of what was there already, and I want to be like, you know, it's not always easy to just take it over and the, the train keeps rolling at the same pace it was when the guy left. That's not an easy thing to do. You, you rarely see that, if ever. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you there. George Seifert, like another one. I look at him, Holmgren, Shanahan, Coughlin, like you said. Like they deserve to be in. I don't care what damn wrinkle the Hall of Fame puts puts in there to to get these guys in. Don Coryell will find his way in at some point. He's gotten close in the past. Yeah, I think that at some point Those it guys, will be his yes, year. That'll help him. Marty right. Schottenheimer is a guy that that may get. Serious consideration yeah. at some point. I got like a Chuck Knox at some point. If there's going to be one per year, and again, they'll change the rules whenever they feel like changing the rules. It's one of the problems I have at the Hall of Fame, quite frankly. They change the rules too much to suit whatever agenda they're trying to, to advance at any given time. But if it's one coach per year, you're going to have plenty of guys get in who maybe never even would have gotten onto the porch, uh, much less knocking on the door. Let's spin it forward before yeah. we take a break. Cool. Okay, current guys that are no-brainers. Here's my list of current no-brainers. Okay. Belichick, Andy Reid, right. John Harbaugh, right. Pete Carroll, Mike Tomlin, Sean Payton. I think those six are getting in, especially if this rule stays in place 20, 30 years into the future. I think you're exactly right. I have no problem with anybody on that list. Exactly. I mean, that group right there. I think deserves to get in again without this new created little loophole or whatever else. Uh, I'm just trying to look real quick to see if there's anybody else that jumps out to me. But no, I think you you hit the nail on the head right there. The, all of those, you know, belong to get you know belong belong in there. You know, some people might go, "Oh, well, Sean Payton only got one Super Bowl." Okay, well, you also got to take into account he's the like definitely one of the greatest offensive minds in the history of football. So that's got to add something to it too. You know, same with Andy Reid. It's the same type of thing. And he's brought his team to other another organization to Super Bowls. So I, I think you're you're spot on there. I'm I'm with you. How about Bruce Arians? I think he might need one more splash something to to get in. Do, don't you? I mean, if he got to like the Super Bowl again this year, he might get in. I think it, that actually might happen. You know, but if he doesn't have something like that, I think else on his resume, he could be one of those guys that's like always talked about, but not, might not get in. Another guy I'm intrigued by, two-time coach of the year, who very well could be three-time coach of the year based upon what the Washington football team does this year, Ron Rivera. Uh, that's a good. That's one to keep watching for. You're right. I mean, 
And if he does get to another Super Bowl or does win that Super Bowl one day, yeah, I think they're that that could be one that again right on the edge there where you go, oh, I don't know. It's a lot of good years of being like a really relevant football team with Ron Rivera at the head coaching position. So I'm with you there. Those ones are like in flux. We're evaluating still, but have a chance for sure. Two more names that have two things in common. They've won Super Bowls. And if anything, their recent work would undermine their achievements. I remember Shereen Williams saying a couple of years ago, Eli Manning's going to hang around so long he's going to disqualify himself for the Hall of Fame with his final years of performance. Mike McCarthy, John Gruden. If they don't turn it around, the fact that they won Super Bowls is not going to matter. They're not going to have a chance. No, I, I, you know, I don't think like just because you're a head coach and you win a Super Bowl, you should just like get in the Hall of Fame. But if you keep coaching, uh, that's be, the thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, Doug Peterson, Gary Kubiak. Right. So, sorry, it's right. not happening. Right. But if you if you continue to coach for 10, 15, 20 years after that, yes. but you're just kind of average, I don't think that's going to help you get in. I'm with you. I, I don't think so either. Legends of the sport, but I don't think they actually get in to be Hall of Famers. That, that's right. They, that, that Those two guys you mentioned there, they need something else on there to, to put them, you know, push them over the hump and, and to finally get in the Hall of Fame. And two young guys, although they're not that young anymore, who are on track if they don't get burned out and if they hang around and keep achieving at a high level, you've got Kyle Shanahan Definitely. and Sean McVay. Yeah, right. The fact that they're head-to-head every year does not help their case, but dealing I think teeth. the key for both right. of them, can they, can they continue to go or is somebody going to make McVay or Kyle, for that matter, an offer he can't refuse to go work in a booth and make as much money with zero stress? All yeah. right, let's take a break. Today's draft playoff party crashers for 2021 we'll do that when pft live continues right after this there it is odds to make the playoffs for 2021 courtesy of the points bet sports book the uh 49ers of uh the teams that didn't make it last year these are the teams that didn't make it last year the 49ers the clear favorite to get back and uh, all the way down to the Houston Texans. They're, 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 you know, Matt Casey mentioned this during the break. There really aren't a lot of of value picks that jump off the board there. No. I see some that I'd like to bet against. Right. If Denver's plus 155 to make it, I'd like to see what the odds are for them to not make it because that may be a pretty good bet along with Arizona at plus 175. But today's draft, the playoff party crashers, the teams that didn't make it last year that we believe will make it this year and there's been over the past 30 years or so a rough 50 percent turnover when it comes to playoff teams 50 percent of the teams that made it in a given year are out which means those seats have to be taken and we're going to do our best to fill those seats today chris you've got a trivia question for me okay well you already mentioned this a little uh 46 years ago today bruce springsteen you know released born to run all right now old timer you ready for this old timer what was the first song on that album? See, I, I, I am a very late arrival to the Bruce Springsteen party, right. and it's years after you would buy albums or eight tracks or cassettes. You just open a streaming service and you say, play Bruce play Springsteen that, right. tracks. So I don't okay, know what I'll give you was some on clues. that album, but I'm going to guess. Okay, give me a clue. It's, give me a clue. There, there's a weather element to this song. Thunder Road. It's Thunder Road then. Yeah. I was going to say Thunder Road. There you go. I'm a nice guy. Um, Were you really going to say Thunder Road all, all along? I was going to say I was okay, going to say Thunder Road. Good. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Thunder Thunder Road is an awesome song, uh, and and there are 10, 15 different versions of it. 
that Springsteen has done live and elsewhere, unplugged and whatnot, and they're all awesome. It, it really is. And the, the lyrics are brilliant all the way up until the end, everything about it. Awesome song. If, if anyone out there hasn't heard it, if there are some people out there who have never heard it, I highly recommend it on this 46th anniversary of the release of Born to Run. All right, I get the first pick. Uh, hmm. Hmm. You know, those odds at San Francisco minus 200 are screaming out at me, but uh, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with the 49ers this year from a health standpoint, from a quarterback standpoint. They're in a tough division. I... I and I know that the conference is weaker than the AFC, but I'm I'm going to say the Patriots are getting back in mm. because everybody thinks the Patriots are four and twelve last year. They were seven and nine, right, with no talent, right. With a COVID I, they're they're going to find a yeah. They're going to find a way to get back in this year. So I'll go Patriots. Uh, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I think you kind of talk. It was those two teams, at least in my opinion. I think I probably would have edged on the Patriots too. I'm going to go with the 49ers as my first pick, though. I am, yeah. Listen, I think Kyle Shanahan's awesome. You know that. I mean, I think he's he'll figure out this quarterback situation regardless his team is talented. He's they're a Super Bowl team. I mean, the offensive line special. You know, wide receivers, tight ends, damn, it's good. Defensive front seven, real good. Okay, secondary is one area they look at and go, oh, I don't know about the corners or whatever else, but they don't play the type of defense where they put a ton of pressure on their corners. I am going with the 49ers. I don't know where that's going to be. The expanded playoffs, like you said, does help them out a little bit uh, in a weaker conference altogether, but I'm, I'm going to go 49ers. Conference is the key, and that's why I paused and hesitated yeah. and thought about the 49ers because – Last week when Shereen Williams and I were drafting the teams that have no chance to make it, I was heavily influenced by the AFC teams because the AFC, I see nine teams Ooh. that will be competing seriously for seven playoff spots. The other seven teams can basically just treat it as an extended preseason for 2022. Next one for me, and look, contrary to popular belief, I like analytics. And I especially like analytics that I'm capable of understanding with my relaxed brain. And for the Minnesota Vikings, there is an important mathematical trend that oh. I have detected. In odd-numbered years, they make it to the playoffs. In even-numbered years, they don't make it to the playoffs. It's an odd-numbered year. They're making it to the playoffs. Final answer, Vikings. And, and I'll take it a little farther than that. Look, the defense is incredibly improved this year. I think the offense has enough with Dalvin Cook. Everybody's worried about the Vikings offense through two preseason games. They haven't played Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison all that much for that matter. Uh, that will help. When they unleash the full offense, that will help. But the defense, my God, it's going to be better than it was last year. It bottomed out in 2020. Mike Zimmer insisted on improving it, and it's improved. And weaker conference, I would say they wouldn't make it in the AFC. I think they will make it in the NFC. Oh, oh. He's and back, lose baby. in the wild card round. Your team and, and, and and lose in the wild card round or absolute best case scenario lose in the divisional round. Uh, so uh, who yeah. who cares? Okay. If you're not going to get your fingerprints on the Lombardi trophy, it doesn't matter and there's no way that the Vikings are winning the Super Bowl this year. D-line impressive, you're right. O-line, we know. I mean, you know, they got a first round left tackle. Hopefully they'll be better up there pass protecting wise. They were pretty good run blocking. You're right, Dalvin Cook. I don't know. I I, I don't think I could pick the Vikings to go go to the playoffs this year. I, wow. I, yeah, I know. Wow. I know. I don't know. I don't see it. You know, but you said it too. It is a little weird with them because uh, one thing I don't, yeah, they're so based on Dalvin Cook and their run game that you have to have that because their drop back pass game is, is underwhelming. And they don't give their quarterbacks a chance in the preseason. That's the one thing I would say about all of them. 
I want to go Quick man. question. Quick question. Yeah. I, I know we got to keep moving. Yeah. Do you have more faith in the Vikings or the Bears? Mm. The Vikings. I do have more. Okay, well, the Bears made it last year, so the Vikings take their spot. Boom, roasted. You're up next. <laughs> You're such a jerk. All right, here we go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Miami Dolphins. I am. I like what I've seen from Tua. Oof. We know how close they were last year. I know it's a tough division. I don't know. The Dolphins, to me, you know, they're one of those teams that's been playing a lot of their starters the first two weeks and have looked very good. They have, they have the look of a team where I go, man, they pop when I watch them on TV. They got size, physicality, speed at all the right spots. I look at them in a lot of ways and think of, like, I, I think I said this yesterday, like old school Patriots, you know, 90 Giants type of football team. I, I'm going to pick them. I know what a tough division it is, but I just got too much faith in the roster they got and, of course, Brian Flores. I'm torn on this one between the Cowboys and the Chargers. The Cowboys have the uh, the better odds according to points bet, but I, I feel like the Chargers are going to have the better team, and the Chargers are going to find a way in, even in the tougher conference. Second year of Justin Herbert. I really believe in Brandon Staley as the team's head coach. I think it killed the Rams to lose him after only one year. I think that the Chargers are going to get in, and I and I hate to leave the Cowboys on the board for you if you take them. I really thought about the Cowboys, but they just have a knack for imploding. I'll go Chargers. Yeah, I'm not taking them. I'm not. I'm not. I, I think you're, you're you know your Chargers. You, you know you you said it. I mean they're, they're talented. They got. So, I mean the quarterback's a star. Receivers there. Offensive line we need to see like get a little bit better, but the defense should be really good, especially with Derwin James and hopefully Joey Bosa being healthy early on in the year. So I'm with you all the way. There's only one thing I would like to see. with I would have loved for the Chargers to stay with Shane Steichen as their offensive coordinator. I really would have um, because they just had it rolling on that side of the ball. But, you know, we'll see what Joe Lombardi can do. I certainly got respect for him. I'm going Carolina Panthers with my last pick. The hell with the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm going to go out on the limb. Panthers is, is just, I don't know. As again, I have a kind of a feel like the Miami Dolphins. They're big up front. They got the look of a team that's going to be able to match up with anybody, and I think they got the quarterback that fits their scheme, McCaffrey healthy. I think Carolina sneaks in the playoffs. That's where I'm going to go with that one. And it's funny because last week, Shereen Williams picked the Panthers as a team that has no chance to make the playoffs. Oh, Let's gosh. take a break. One thing I noticed as I was looking at these odds, He's an I, don't know what, I don't know what I could get to bet against the Jaguars to make it, but at plus 325 – to make it? Are you kidding me? I would bet everything I own against the Jaguars making it at whatever odds the other side of plus 325 is. Just, uh, <laughs> something to keep in I mind. If I were one to yeah. bet, and, and I won't. Let's take a break. We'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. It is official. The New England Patriots have traded running back Sony Michelle, a first-round pick in 2018, to the Rams for a fifth-round pick and a sixth-round pick in 2022 which will become a conditional fourth-round pick if the Rams get a fourth-round compensatory pick for the departure of John Johnson to the Browns in free agency. So it likely will be a compensatory fourth-round pick for Sony Michelle. And i got to give credit to whoever wrote the press release for the Rams. Uh, my, uh, Michelle, hard, played in nine, Michelle played in nine games and posted a career-best 5.68 yards per carry. Yeah, and he only played in nine games. Look, there's a, there's a, there's a knee issue. Chris, this is a this is a real risk the Rams are taking, and they're giving up a fourth round pick to do it. Yeah, they are. I mean, it, it, but I think they're desperate, and they need somebody that's a little bit reliable, has some talent, you know. And their their game is based around the run game. But aren't there going to be guys everywhere? I would think so. The, the waiver wire. I don't it. get it. I know. See you tomorrow. Thank you for some of your time. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.